Welcome to Elite Rugby Banter, it's the podcast about rugby. Uh, I am your host Adam, coming to you from a lovely Johannesburg. Springs in the air, things are going great. Um, the version of Lions have pissed off back to from whence they came as series losers, and, and uh, life's pretty good. And it's Women's Day. We're recording on Women's Day in South Africa, August 9th. Um, I think it's, it, it commemorates the 1955 Women's March to the Union Buildings. And you want history, am I right on that? Yes. Thanks. How are you? <laughs> um, <laughs> cool. No, I, mean, I, didn't, <laughs> I didn't expect that that was going to be my introduction there. Um, I was waiting for the standard how's the weather in Cape Town. Uh, well, um, I was going to ask how's the weather in Seapoint. Um, it's, it's that side of the mountain, so it's a bit different from, from where Alex lives. So. Yeah, no, it's, um, it started a bit miz, but it's turned into a stunning open evening. Um, so, yeah, can't, can't complain to end off a long weekend. Um, with a nice sunset. Oh, lovely. Um, and Ben, I guess I assume you're looking at a nice sunset on the, on the island. It's half eight at night, I don't know. Or you've looked at one? <laughs> no, uh, I'm. Uh, I like. I'm more like East Coast, so I get the sort of the sunrise. I, I can see the sunset, but it's not like on the west coast. Uh, like I, oh, okay. I was on a. I was on a boat with my mates in the west the other day. I was like. Guys, check out the sunset. Like, it's incredible. And they're like, Ben, you do know we live here. That's like, you know, like the most bang average sunset we've had all week. I was like, oh. Is there, is yeah. there like a sunset east... snob say? That's not okay. Yeah. Well, I... no, they are, they are a bit like sunset. <laughs> right. is well, there... I, take a, I take Instagram photos every night. I'm one of those guys. <laughs> is there like a East Coast, West Coast thing on the island? Mm, no, like the North and the West are sort of rivals. So they like the two... Um, Kind of expatty sort of places. Ah, I see. And, and so it's got them all like tri- uh, souped up, tricked out cars. Oh no, no, that that's that's the center of the island. Okay. Yeah. Um. But no, it's like because they they're two they they're rugby teams. There's the Western Cowboys and the Northern Pirates. Yeah. And the, and there's like a big rivalry, and then like. You know, like the West guys after they play the game will go out in the North and, you know, try like steal the North's women and, and like, you know, everyone gets a bit riled up. Yeah, I, I guess that's the sort of thing where there's only a X amount of what, women to be stolen, pardon the expression. Apologies for the objectification, <laughs> but I, I'm trying to think like a teenage boy now. Um, oh, I see. Okay, okay. I understand yeah. the context. All right. Yeah. Um, but but yeah. So that's the rivalry. No, but yeah. Generally, the West is very South African as well. Good. Good. That's how. Yeah. That's how. That's how we like to keep it. And speaking of. Well, South... I, I don't. I, I'm in the North, so I'm with like the Frenchies and the British people. Uh, are you? Like, yeah. I guess you're the guy, like the glue, the peacemaker that brings people together. You well, know, actually, people yeah, are both I, I, I work in the North, but I live in. Yeah, but God, it's actually expensive because they all like all get paid like these ridiculous expat salaries, and then I have to like try like you know live this expat life with them, and I just I, I struggle. A peasant. But, yeah. Yeah, anyway. Yeah. <laughs> um, and you find some poorer friends, really, to be honest. Yeah, so, so, so you can fit in. Yeah. Uh, so you, you mentioned South Africa, so we're obviously we're going to be spending most of this podcast just talking about uh, South Africa's mm-hmm. 1916 victory uh, over. The lads, uh, the more what's the, what's the, what's the meme that's been going around? The more no, they're staying the same, or some some cuck like that. I'm not even going to bother. Um, but you know, you, you get the vibe. But but before that, we're just going to go through some news, 
uh, just briefly address Bledisloe 1 in Park. I haven't watched it, but thankfully there are people here who can. Alex, unfortunately, he's come down with the Rona, um, so he's not feeling well, so he, he oh, won't be... be able... Alex, get well soon, because you, you can't catch a break half us at the moment. No, he, he can't. And he's, a, and he's a Western Province fan, so, you know, that just throws into it. But they do have Evan Ruiz. Uh, Alex, Alex, we, we know Alex supports the, the Sigma Lions. I thought he supports the Sharks now after... Oh, yeah, after they gave him the jersey. Whatever, Alex definitely doesn't support Province. That's no. all we know. <laughs> yes, fair enough. But, yeah, I mean, in all seriousness, Alex, yeah. uh, just, I mean, you, you have been messaging us in the group. Um, just hope you feel better. Yeah, no, he, I, I, don't th- I don't think he's, uh, you know, I think it's pretty shit, but I don't think it's yes. as bad as... Well, obviously, as bad as some people have it. Hopefully, he got vaccinated. But... So, I'm not sure. Oh, or if he's allowed to. Is he, oh, yeah, he's younger than me. No, because he's, he's 30. Yeah, he's, he's not in the bracket. I'm yeah. in the bracket. Yeah. It's only good reason to be in the to be older. So, yeah, I got my jab last Tuesday. And I feel exactly the same. <laughs> so, well thanks. Thanks, guys. Um, yeah, Matt, I think he's traveling or has traveled to, uh, to, to see family. Well, I thought he was hungover. Oh, oh, maybe. Oh, yeah, I was, yeah, that's true though. He was at a bachelor's, and it seems like he's dying and vomiting. And, and mortality has truly caught up with Mr. Lehman. Yeah. So yeah, he he just wasn't able to make it. So I think he kindly stepped into the breach. So I guess to start off things, I mean, we mentioned Blair's though too, but something we actually wanted to discuss last week, but Rassigay kind of uh, eclipsed everything. Shannon Fazel. The, the All Black Frank Van Highland is flanker. He's been in court recently accused. And I'm sorry, I'm just playing this fast and loose because I have a couple of stories open here. So I'm just getting acquainted with the flax, flax properly, um, for allegedly assaulting a woman uh, at a bar. So I know that the court case at the moment is currently ongoing. And I think a story from about six days ago at the Dunedin High and District Court, a judge had refused to release court documents detailing the full extent of the violence allegations against Shannon Brazil. Um, and Frizzell had appeared in the Dean District Court, there you go, last week on two charges of assaulting a woman and of one of common assault, stemming from a late night incident in central Dunedin on May 9th. The uh, female's uh, victim's mother told the Otago Daily, Daily Times her daughter had been first slapped, then punched by the rugby player following a verbal dispute in the club known as the Octagon. Um, and I think he's. I know, a bit ironic there. He, how how long was he suspended for? Did he get a two-game suspended one, suspension or something? One game. One? What do you mean? Yeah. Is that it? One game. Uh, yeah, I think that was it. So, so that's obviously you guys have kicked up a fuss, probably, probably rightly so. And then obviously it's kind of resurfaced all the stuff about Severis, mm. who there was a pretty similar probably a bit worse incident from what i gather and then it's like and then it came out that zach guilford has some of the charges that was a sort of pressure on the carpet and uh but, but uh, yeah well look i'm gonna but that's the he also has alcohol problems or had alcohol problems. yeah yeah no 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 but you know there was the one where he was naked and he pissed in front of a granny or something. Oh, okay, quite okay, funny, okay, okay. to be honest. Yeah. But then there was a there was like a, a follow up incident where he, oh, okay. um, which which it turns out they had hidden and it kind of said is this sort of systematic? Should these people play? And then obviously it's a bit of a debate because it's kind of like 
listen, if, you know, if the court finds them, you know, if the court doesn't impose sanctions or whatever, why shouldn't they be able to play? But obviously there is a, there is sort of a deeper thing that these, these guys are role models in the, mm. in the community. So you don't really want, you know, people sort of, you know, on the wheat pick box who beat their wives. Mm. So, yeah, Especially it, if that's not it, the brand they try to portray themselves as. Well, they, they certainly don't. Well, don't yeah, well, portray anyone's portraying themselves as wife beaters. But yeah, the All Blacks are, they try to go for a very sort of wholesome part. Yeah, exactly. And I think that there's a difference between, you know, I mean, I think there is a line to draw, not particularly in this instance, but like, People of fame, they can have their private life. That doesn't, they don't necessarily have to be role models, and that's not necessarily forced upon them. But if your brand, and, and in All Blacks' case, that is the, what's happening, is to be your role model and project that out in the society, you can't then go and select people that aren't that at all. You know, if you're a top tennis player, if you go and do drugs on the weekend, I mean, apart from performance issues of that, like, that's your business. But your if you're not brand. going out, if you're not then going and telling children how you're a whole clean, wholesome person, that's your own issue. But if you're going out to telling people how to live their lives and how to be a good person, and then you're going doing, you know, wife beating on the weekend, like that's a real big conflict um, of, of, of value system there. And I think that's what people are taking particular issue with, apart from the whole, oh, we'll give this guy a free ride because he's, you know, it might ruin his career type thing. No, I mean, yeah, this goes yeah. back to I, I, I think that, that is a thing. Yeah. When it is like, uh, oh, he's good at sports, so let's you know give him get out of jail free card sort of thing. Mm, because because I think the question they're asking is, listen, if say Seppi Reese wasn't a professional rugby player, would he have wound up in prison? Hundred percent. Or I mean, I don't know. But well, that's pretty much know, what I, the judgment I, said. The yeah, judgment pretty much said we don't want this judgment to tarnish his, you know, career as a rugby player. Yeah, it's similar to what happened to that US, US um, swimmer. The, yeah, I mean the Irish no, were then like, look, we don't the, care what the court says. We don't want that. You know, we don't want to be associated with a player like that. Just like they did with Paddy Jackson, who was also cleared. The Irish unions yeah. also told him to bugger off, and he went to play in England. Um, but that wasn't because the court case said he was or wasn't guilty. That was because they didn't want to be associated with a player of that value. And the All Blacks have therefore, you know, said that they are comfortable yeah. being associated with a player that that demonstrates those values. Yeah, well, but, alleged, they, alleged but, they, but they still, but they still want to maintain this sort of wholesome vibe. Yeah, yeah, it's a bit of a bit of a facade, and um, I mean, this goes back to 2013 with Julian Sevilla. excuse me, Julian Sevilla. He issued an yeah, apology yeah, he, for he being charged. The other one, yeah. yeah, to being charged with assault, and I mean, he ended up being a star at the World Cup two years later. Um, so, and the irony, I think, at the time was that he had partaken in a campaign against domestic violence, and then was charged for it. Uh, etc etc okay so we don't delve into it but just from the headline well, facts yeah, and the high level view it just yeah, looks hypocrisy yeah, it, hypocritical it, do, it doesn't sense. it doesn't look great uh, but but people on people on twitter for what it's worth are calling it out especially squidge yes no. squidge has been uh he's been great uh, i mean he always yeah, has been and, um but and he... yeah squidge is a real a champion of rights yes um but even Alma had a go now. Alma and Squidge are close. Maybe they should date. Actually, I don't even know. Is, is Alma married? I don't think Squidge is dating anyone. Huh? Uh, I'm not sure. Uh, Bab is glad that, that um, you know, he, he's having a good, a good influence on the entire rugby community. 
not just yeah. uh, Northern Hemisphere and the Southern Hemisphere. Uh, beyond his analyses, which I mean, we, uh, if you are a long-time listener to this podcast, we love Squish, and he's the best. We have tweeted him before. I, I don't know if he's tweeted us. Alex, I think he's... No, he has. Oh, we, are, we, we occasionally have some bads for Squish, but yeah, he hasn't. I would, I would say... He's a big deal. I don't though. think... I don't think he's got big for us. I think he's just got a bit busy. Let's say that. Uh, then you're such a diplomat. No wonder you, you, you hold your job that you do. Dealing with clients and stuff. Am I, still, am I, I know you actually told me what you do, but I hope you have. I literally sent you a message about I what know. I did, Adam, because I, you always get it wrong. You always say I'm in like finance, which I'm not. You know, so. I didn't imply that this time. But just as a final thing, apparently what um, Frizzell allegedly said, he sent threatening messages to a third party saying, uh, and I quote, partner language, fuck you, bitch, tell your friend to hide. And the alleged victim left the victim with a split, uh, so the alleged assault left the victim with a split lip and a broken tooth. So um, we'll leave it there. Uh, but overall, it's uh, it's a little bit nasty. And uh, maybe uh, maybe New Zealand rugby will take a bit of more of a firmer line. I guess the irony is if Severus had me kicked out of Ireland, he might have been playing for the Lions. <laughs> Of, of all people who knows oh god <laughs> that could have changed everything if they had severis instead of duan <laughs> <laughs> yeah just a, very much a sliding door uh kind of moments um so there was i mean I, I, and you said you actually you had some news as well that you just wanted to bring up oh uh, no, no i just said it on the group it was just interesting looking um <clears throat> i think someone did a, a player rating summary quickly of all the all the newspapers in England did player ratings on the Lions, and then someone just put an average of it, and you can just see how okay. no one can ever agree on who's good and who's not good, basically. Um, but didn't get too much time to dig into it, as I found it about a minute before we started recording. So. Uh, I, must, I must just get into it. I know you've done some ratings for us, Ant, uh, on the box performance, um, so we will definitely be going through that just a little bit later on a score-by-score basis. But very briefly, the I'm just trying to think what else. Yeah, there have been calls for Scott Robinson to replace Warren Gatland as Lions coach. I don't know who made that call though. Oh, Stuart Barnes. But it, isn't oh, it? Isn't big. it? Isn't it four years time? Yeah. But surely he's also run his course now. I mean, he's beat, done the last three. Like yeah, surely he's had his turn. No, I think he's done. And the fact that also, also, can I can I just say he's, got, he, he's just got steadily worse. Yeah, because <laughs> he, he won in Australia, he drew in New Zealand. Now he's lost in South Africa. <laughs> yeah, whether whether the Oaks have beaten them in the last three tours, um, apparently Barnes, New he, Zealand, New Zealand beat them in my head as well. Yeah, by the he, way, he said Gatlin. I mean, oh, I'm not a big fan of his commentary, but anyway, he he said that Gatlin's conservative pressure. We'll get into this a bit later. Should be replaced by the joyousness that comes with with Robinson as a coach, and he also said that Gregor Townsend. Uh, would be the favourite candidate to replace Gatlin, though Townsend as attack coach added, and I quote, nothing. We achieved nothing as they lost. Yeah. So, <laughs> which isn't, I mean, the facts kind of speak for themselves. So there's that. So I think I, yeah, my big I... call, we make a big call, Scott Robinson this time next year will be the All Blacks coach. That's a big call. The All Blacks are very loyal to their coaches. <laughs> yeah, the fastest coach. Have, 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 so. they ever dropped, have they ever dropped a coach early? No. I mean, well, look, there to be... Not in the professional I mean, era. When, when did um, Henry take over? 2003? Well, they all, yes. do about, they all do about seven years, don't they? So, I mean, like, pre, pre-Henry, pre I didn't even know. I mean, that's... You'd yeah. have to look very, very long ago. But, yeah. I mean, they've only had two coaches since then, so... <laughs> they, I mean, they even kept Henry after the, the, the quarterfinals of the Feet of France. A shambolic affair. 
Uh, so, uh, I thought I'll be wrong. Oh, no, they dropped, they dropped John Mitchell, I think. I think he was kicked out. Yeah, but that was after the... That was, that was after was 2003, that? when they lost in the semis. And the Henry yeah, but, then, but was he kicked out in, in the semis, or was he kicked out in 2005? Uh, no, I thought after the World Cup. Well, the, the, All, Blacks, the All Blacks weren't great for from oh, wow. about 2000 and, say, three to 2009, they were pretty, you know, like South Africa rolled them quite a lot, England rolled them now and then, Australia beat them quite a bit, like, yeah, but still, they suck with them. Mm. Uh, so yes, that, that's just my, my big call, I'm just trying to see here. Uh, yeah, I, I, I think Foster's just I think he's bred. Euphoric. Yeah, I, 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 I honestly wish we just got Scott Robinson as a Springbok coach. I don't even. That's know what I was going to say. Is he's coaching the Lions? He's going to come coach with us. <laughs> I don't even know if he's a good fit, but I just think it would have been it would have been such a fuck you. It would have been magical. Yeah. Uh, just quickly looking back north, Eddie Jones. He's hired a new attack coach in Martin Gleeson, and this decision allows John Mitchell. He's going to be joining Wasps. I think it says. I don't know if he's the head coach. So that, there is that change taking place. And also the box. Oh, so John, John Mitchell's left England. Yes, he, he, yeah. I think he's joining Wasps. I don't know if he's going to be the DOR or the head coach. So I don't have that detail. Um, let's see here, Jones. Why don't I have it? Maybe no one knows. Maybe, Anywho, maybe he's playing. Uh, the South African team, they have announced their squad for the rugby championship fixtures against... Is, is this for the entire tournament for the rugby yeah. championship? Oh, okay, they've announced yeah. the squad. Yeah, but I assume there's... There'll know. be some ins and outs as it goes. Yeah, I've been minor changes. Mourner's staying, he's, he'll be staying in the, in the setup, obviously. Uh, I'm very happy to say that Lok Ochis Neyman, he'll be joining the squad as well. Um, very unlucky to miss the Lions too after the... Uh, the burning incident, uh, and then uh, Dwayne Vermeulen, Roscoe Speckman, Jaden Hendrickson, and Johan Krobelau um, at number eight, wing, scrum half, and hooker, respectively. They were all called up last week. Otherwise, it's the same squad that did duty against British Irish Lions. I will not be going through the entirety. Uh, I've learned that uh, <laughs> from the past, so yep. you can just check it out. Um, just very briefly, I mean, we won't be chatting about it until the game is passed. We expect a lot of rotation. I imagine. Yeah, um, I, I think I think Nienobe might have actually announced something like that. Like the priority now is building squad depth. Yeah, which which is good. Like, you know, it it'll help kind of players that were maybe going to be pushing the age limit a bit. Say someone like Dwayne, make it to the next World Cup kind of comfortably. Let's say that. And also means uh, that we'll be in a situation where we have a crutch game and we don't have uh, Dwayne. We've actually got guys that have got some game time behind them at eight, man. Yeah, I, I think that's that's kind of it's like the perfect situation where mm. it's like, oh shit, Eben's injured, and you like and you like, oh, it's short. We'll play Achia. He's got sixty caps. Like mm. that's you know that's the dream situation really mm. especially for winning series uh, against the Lions and just looking ahead for the box I mean obviously we didn't play for a year in a way I mean obviously from a fitness perspective it was bad but I'm kind of hoping that it gave players 
the chance yeah, to recuperate properly. Yeah, some people were saying it's probably allowed guys who to make the next World Cup that actually probably wouldn't have made the next World yeah. Cup. Yeah, I mean, I just always remember reading about Bucky's boats there when he left South Africa, slightly different context, obviously, but um, he'd always play with the niggle, as a lot of the rugby players do. He went to Toulon, got, he said he got the fittest he ever got and the most healthy he ever got, just as a, as a significant change in leaving Yo. the South African rugby scene. So this was an enforced break. Um, obviously, it created other issues, but I'm just kind of hoping it added extra fitness. To, um, to to the players. Just looking ahead to the schedule, they are going to be playing in Ribera. Uh, excuse me. Uh, it's Port Elizabeth has now been renamed in the Eastern Cape, and it's. You can do it, Adam. Sorry. You can do it. Oh, but it's the click. Not very good. At the click. Ribera. Uh, so uh, in Port Elizabeth. So it's August. 1421 Argentina, and then we head over, there's a week break, actually no, a lie, two weeks, and we head over to Australia, to face Australia and Sydney and Brisbane, those fixtures are, I reckon, are very much 2BC, with New Zealand, with the New South Wales currently in a COVID lockdown, and then we're meant to be in New Zealand, um, to face New Zealand in Dunedin and Auckland, I think all of those are TBC right now, and then we're yeah, playing three tests, I think sort of... in, 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 in the British Isles, Wales, Scotland, and England, in November. Word on the street is that all these games are going to be in Australia, most likely. Yeah, that makes sense. I, I kind of like it in a way. In, in a perfect yeah, way uh, well, I would, I would rather play New Zealand in Australia than in New Zealand. Yeah, yeah, hundred um, But yeah, and that sort of that sort of makes it makes the most sense because New Zealand seems to be the ones that sort of spring kind of surprise lockdowns and stuff. So, yeah, sort of centrally based. I feel quite sorry for the players, though, because they... I guess this is kind of how their, their season would be going anyway, but, mm. you know, like, it's a bit... So they would have been effectively in the bubble for close to six months by the end of this. Yeah. Uh, but, I mean, compliments to all the players. I mean, we'll just briefly refer to the Lions tour before we get into the meat of it. Um, I was spoken about in the commentary, but it's just a, a big thanks to all the players. So I know that the English players have been enjoying seven, six, eight weeks, including the time in Jersey they have to spend, which I find a little bit ludicrous, that anybody returning to the British Isles, excluding Ireland, they have to quarantine, even the Olympic athletes from, from Great Britain don't. So it's a little bit unfair, but, you know, it is what it is. So we're all very glad that tour went ahead. So let's congrats to all the parties who managed to get it done, um, just, just to mention that. Now, I guess we can move two matters on to the field. Bledisloe uh, won. New Zealand 33, Australia 25. I, I was only able to watch the highlights. Um, the scoreline kind of pads uh, Australia's the, effort. The, they missed the a lot of kicks. Score, I know that the scoreline, yeah. Five so Mitch, Mitch was saying if every if both both kickers got all their kicks, it would have been a draw. Yes. So I, I think that shows. So Australia missed a few. Yeah, they, yeah they, they missed five, I think. Yeah, but apparently there was seven, yeah. there was like a funny wind or something. So, <laughs> uh, wait, wait, how's a wind funny? Oh, it was. Never swirls in a weird direction or something. Yeah. Oh. Adam, you you clearly never played rugby at UCT. He's also yeah. <laughs> I clearly <laughs> never played rugby. You never never played rugby. Uh, um, I live in Joburg, so it just doesn't understand the concept of wind. No, 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 that, no, no. How dare you? How dare you? A change of season, right? Um, especially uh, there's, there's, there's quite there's quite a lot of balmy wind going on right now. 
Um, but it's not Cape Town wind. It's not wind wind. No, but Cape Town, that's, that's a gale force shit. I lived in Fredahook and I remember being blown to death by 50, 60, 70 kilometer winds. Uh, I mean, that, that's hurricane level, but very fast winds. But Joburg, there are some very cold winds. I remember going to high school and you freeze your butt off. It gets super cold in Joburg when the, when the breeze or wind blows. In winter, specifically. But yeah, in fairness, summer, it's, and also when there's a storm and, and a thunder shower in, in summer. So um, I'm just saying, how dare you? How <laughs> dare you? But <laughs> you, you surprisingly vehement about this defense of Joburg's wind situation. Like, I'm from Joburg. Yeah, I didn't think anyone would, would attack that so yeah, strongly, it, but it, fair it, enough. It, it's, it's a weird hill to die on, just. Just let it go. Like, Joker's not as windy as Game Town. Just, just go with it. And so, like... so you guys are just like, cool story, bro. It's fine. I mean, oh, let, no, let's move on. I'm saying, Adam, I'm sure, you were, I'm sure you were making some valid points, but it, it's, it's a non-issue, really. Like... Okay, speaking, speaking about issues, no, uh, Lalisa's kicking. That, that is an issue. Um, yeah. And uh, Ian Foster, he apparently noted, and I've lost it. Oh, oh, was 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 he awake for the whole game? <laughs> yes. <laughs> but, I uh, love that every single person so. on Twitter made the same joke. Uh, we hope so. Yeah. He, he said well, that the all black shirt This is just my my kind of perception of this that the this wasn't a good game, but their teams were sort of punishing each other for their errors. I guess you call it that. But the score line sort of also flattened this game. It flattened Australia to some extent. Mm. It also flattened New Zealand to some extent. Because I don't believe they played that well. Well, the, the penalty count was 18-9 against the All Blacks. Um, he said there's plenty of work to do before the follow-up game at Eden Park. Uh, yeah. As well. And they said that they had a 25-point lead. Um, and then the Wallabies, and fair play to them, um, three tries in the last 12 minutes. I'm a big fan of Dave Rennie. So the one rugby benefits from, uh, and Southern Hemisphere rugby from a strong Australia. But Mitch was noting concerns. Sorry, Mitch, you are the voice of Australian rugby. Since you, you know, you always make very pragmatic, smart arguments. So uh, you always strike a chord with me anyway. He, he said that he is worried about depth. Uh, yeah. A few, few key injuries. I was kind of going to say that, like, no matter how. You know, like a good coach can obviously raise the level of average players. Yes, but there's definitely a uh, there's definitely a ceiling, and I, I just I just wonder about the sort of the the quality of clay Rennie's working with. I think the quality is good. It's just there's so much rawness. You know, like I think mm. in f- three or four years' time, this generation will be really good. <laughs> yeah, but it's but just I, but you know, I don't even know. Like, could say someone like. Uh, Paisami. Yeah. He's, he's considered very raw. Yeah. Mm. He's only had two seasons of professional rugby. I mean, he's definitely but, raw. Yeah, I guess I guess because my perception is because they almost start in super rugby. Yeah. Because I think because you very seldom see someone you know, capped at super rugby level. Because normally you would have at least a season of Curry Cup, Buttercom Cup. Varsity Cup. Yeah, I mean, they don't really have that at all. At uh, a minimum. So, yeah, I think maybe that's... Now. That, 
that's, so that's the thing true. is, I mean, if you look at look at their 9, 10, 12, all of those guys are, what, less than 10 test caps and probably at most two Super Rugby seasons each. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then you've got Ikatao, Pattaya, Kelaway, all of those oaks are pretty much, you know, in their first 10 caps of international seasons, the whole back line. Like, and I think all of those guys do have the underlying talent to be good if you give them three or four years. Um, it's just really unfortunate that they've got an entire generation at the same time. You know, it's not like the Springboks where we can bring in a fussy to replace Vili, but we've still got Pollard and Um and Lindy yeah, there yeah, to play around him. They're taking a fussy and um, <clears throat> a Jordan Hendrickser and a Jaden Hendrickser and a Similani. You know, if you play that back line for the Springboks, you're going to get the same results. You know, you know that by the next World Cup cycle, those guys will yeah, all be they'll, delivering. They'll be but... Uh, if you play all of them at the same time, they're really going to struggle. So I think the fact that Australia managed to win that test series against France, yes, it wasn't France's A team, but still they've, you know, on paper had a lot more experience. The fact that they're competitive with New Zealand with such an inexperienced raw team is is good. I think it's just one of those things that is the public going to give the Australian coaches enough like rope to get there? You know, I mean, it's, it's basically a similar, very, a similar, very similar situation to the Reds. You know, like they threw out all the experienced players because for whatever reason um, that we don't need to go into. And then they took four years to build a culture and a team, and now they're delivering. Um, Mm -hmm. And I think it's going to be a similar story with Aussies. And it's just unlucky that, like, you know, the the few experienced heads that they did have around, your James O'Connor is injured, your Matt Tomas or Form. Who's their first choice scrum off? Nick White's not playing great. You know, so, like, the few experienced guys they have, they can't even use those guys to lean on. Do do you think this is also, say, basically Checker's fault? Because say someone Mm. like Foley. Yes. Like Foley Foley was getting game time, you know, long after he, to me, had kind of, you know, he should have been put out to pasture. And getting game time without even any rotation. You know, I mean, there was the same problem at the Waratahs when Mac Mason was on book for four years and they played two games or whatever. Like, yeah. there's one thing for him to get the lion's share because you view him as the World Cup flyer, fine. But you've got to bleed someone in underneath. Yeah, uh, I mean, I actually agree with you. I'm just going to take the deal with advocate position and just, it's a results oriented business. And based on what we've seen at, at, at New South Wales this year, uh, with all the politics that reportedly occur between all the clubs and it's a bit of a shit show and uh, et cetera, et cetera, very parochial culture, reportedly. Um, spot on, but it's hard, it's, especially in Australia. I mean, the environment there is cutthroat, but they don't have the same amount of um, registered players compared to New Zealand and South Africa. Um, I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm glad you raised that point, Ben. I'm just, I'm just stating, stating that point of view. I just know that when, once, even regardless of whatever one of these teams in the South Africa face, we always have a hard time playing in Australia. It's very rare that we blow them off the park, even though in paper we should. So I'm looking forward to facing New Zealand. I'm very excited. I reckon we can totally beat them this year. Uh, but I respect Dave Rennie as a coach. Um, and I think, and I agree with you, next World Cup, give them two years. I think the Aussies will be, they'll be, they'll be very interesting to watch. Um, I just, I, I hate playing Australia. I don't know why. They just seem to be our... <laughs> I was was actually saying on the group today that I swear for the last six years every time we've come up against Australia we have been the better team on paper yeah but our our records are about 50-50 yes yes, yeah so so it's like how how do they I don't know to be fair post Rusty I think it's only the one loss 
Yeah. In 2018, because we beat them last year. I mean, in 2016, 17, I think on paper we're probably still better. But if you think about who they had then, it was a bit different in terms of player personnel. I think this year will be a different. Surely we are now very yeah. established favorites, uh, given our track record, uh, given our experience. And most importantly, the fact that our team is geared to beat attacking teams because we don't let any tries in. And we score exclusively off attacking mistakes, which our pre- defense pressure creates. And Australia, that's how they, you know, they're, they're going to create have a lot of mistakes against us, and we're going to score tries from it. Mm. I, I can't see them beating us this year. I mean, that's a big call, but like, because I do acknowledge that I've felt that way before in the past. But no, it's irritating. I, I, respect, know, I respect the Aussie team; they could always put together a good first fifteen. Oh, for sure. I just don't think that their style of play will beat us at the moment. You know, I think the way that our team is structured and the way that our, our strategy is, is only teams that can create a really low error rate um, can beat us or have the most incredibly outstanding attack with a fairly low error rate like the All Blacks. But, you know, even the All Blacks, attack gives us enough opportunities to score yeah. two or three tries uh, a you, game. You're referring to they're just good backs. enough to... Yeah, and they, you know, they keep the error rate low enough and even then we can score tries and they don't... And, and they can score three tries, but the Aussies aren't going to get that balance right. I don't see it. No, I agree with you. But then we're going to face them, and then we're going to fuck it up. <laughs> well, maybe not. But I just, hopefully not. Hopefully God, they not. just. Uh, so, uh, no, but but that—that's sort of the game plan now. That it's pretty hard to fuck up, really. Like, to be frank, we didn't mm-hmm. play that well against the British and Irish Lions, and we and we won the series. No, that, well, that I'm I'm so excited for every championship this year for that yeah. reason. Because we like we have we're so freaking battle hardened. Yeah, um, well that that that's sort of the thing that like it's a it's a low it's a sort of a a low risk medium reward sort of tactic. So yeah, 100%. I mean, and, and even it's against the All Blacks, if they concede eighteen penalties against us, we'll you know, I, I, we'll, no, we'll no, win that gonna, game. Surely they're going to lose that. Yeah, no, that's yeah, hundred percent. This, this is it, and also if the All Blacks let us score three tries. There's no way they're going to win that game. Yeah, teams don't score more than 20, 25 points against us at the best. I mean, yeah. when was the last time someone scored? Even even though it was the World Cup against the All Blacks, they scored, what, 25 or 27 or something? Mm-hmm. And I think the previous highest was the, the game in Joburg against All Blacks where we both scored, like, in the mid-30s. Yeah, it was, like, but 33, 36 or something. Yeah. We can score 32 points against a World Cup England team. You know, mm-hmm. we can score 27 points against the British and Irish Lions. Like, we have that in us, even against really top defensive sides. But... Top, yeah, even, even the best then, attacking uh, sides struggle to uh, okay, attack. Okay, I'm gonna, our defense, our defense was good during the Lions tour. The, the, but, that's that's what won us the series. A bad yeah. set piece. But uh, of, but our, I don't think our attack was there. It wasn't yeah, but, really because we, we didn't have a, a, we we didn't score a single more try. But that's was, the point. I was surprised our attack... though we didn't kick more to. Like, I guess you're looking for results. I was quite. Okay, well, wait, wait, wait. We can we can get into this into into the line stuff because we're kind of bleeding into there. But overall, I think we're all looking forward to to the rugby championship. Um, and I was just going to bring up the 2015 World Cup that we were the team, and I remember watching the, jeez, uh, I keep forgetting it, man. Skalkin and JDV show. Did lose it? Thank you. Yeah, they Skalk made an offhand comment in one of the interviews about how close they came to beating All Blacks. You forget we came very close to beating All Blacks in 2015, and that team is outstanding. That all black team. I don't. I don't. I don't outstanding. I think Kanekamea, and I'll stick by it. I think he got very unfairly judged for his tenure. 
Um, we came very close know. to beating them. At times, maybe the tactics were dimensional, but we were the hardest game they faced, and etc. Right, we'll yeah. cut it off there. But look, at rugby championship, looking forward to it. Um, New Zealand becoming in Australia, even Argentina. So I know we haven't mentioned uh, that in the conversation. Uh, uh, but yeah, actually, we need to watch up for them so, as well. Uh, a, a few a few years ago, um, England was touring New Zealand, and they were interviewing Kieran Reid, and they're like, "Yeah, so you have like a, your really big, your massive rivalry against England." And Kieran Reid goes, "Well, we actually consider South Africa our biggest rivals." And, you know, like, we just sometimes play England, like, you know, they're all right for whatever. And, and I was like, oh, that's probably the greatest compliment South African rugby has ever received, that we are New Zealand rugby's greatest rivals. Like, yeah, like, and they haven't awesome. played us at domestic, well, I'll say franchise level. So that's going to be very fascinating to watch. Yeah. Well. well, I mean, I'm looking for big changes afoot, but speaking of the present day, so that's South Africa, they managed to squeak. A 1916 win. I'm just, I'm gonna say it up front. I feel, I saw this comment. I don't know who made it. Maybe on the British side, that the Lions lost it more than South Africa won it. And I think that's accurate. I thought the Lions played better rugby. They made poor decisions. And trust me, don't get me wrong. Like second half, we came into it. But I don't know if you're joking, better the group. But they should have been up by at least 10 to 12 points in the first half. They were I mean... far too superior to us. The word should is interesting. Um, I think they had the opportunities ah. to be 10 or 12 points ahead of us, but I think we yeah. did really, really well to shut them down. No, but I, I, can, see what, I can see what they were going for. Because okay. I think, okay. I think their, their logic was, okay, this, the one more worked. Yes. And to be honest, that second more where Curry just randomly attacked Felici, that probably would have been a try, say, for that. Yes. There wasn't no, like, like a oh, Again, I, I, I think there's ifs and buts around that. I'm going to say, I don't think Khaleesi being taken out was a factor in that Moore's progression, let's say that. No, but I do think that the illegal tactic of guys ahead of the ball carry taking mm. out supporting players has been yeah, the reason why they've actually got yeah. any malls to work. So it's yeah. just that they finally got pinged for something, maybe not the most explicit or productive maybe, example, yeah. but that's yeah. the only reason that they've been getting purchased with the malls because they've been using illegal tactics. Mm. Um, and so, you know, fair enough that they finally got pinged for it, even if it wasn't the most you know, effective example, but... You know, maybe maybe this, was, this was the ultimate trick. Okay, let them score one more, so they think they can score balls, and they just, you know, use it so they stop taking threes. Yeah, I mean, I think it was bold of them to do I could see why they were trying it, but I think there was, we got a penalty kick when we were still four behind, just before half time. I think it was either 3-10 down or 6-10 down. Mm-hmm. And we were debating that the guys that I was watching, they were like, oh, maybe we should go for the malls. I was like, no, 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 we definitely take the points. You just keep it over. Because I think it was just after we turned over one of their malls. Um, you know, it was just, and the point was you just, you keep the pressure applying because it's not going to be a super high scoring game no matter what happens. Whether it's 15, you know, odd or 25 odd, like three points matters. And you keep yeah, but, it. But, but that's, that's what, what we want to do. We want teams to continue attacking against us. We want teams to think they can score a try. Yeah. Because that, that gives you... Because that's the best-case scenario. So instead of kicking three, turning around and kind of resetting or whatever, this is, you know, this is a potential... You know, potentially you don't get punished for your mistake if they kick to the corner. What you actually want them to do is to kick for the corner, spend five minutes, ten minutes attacking 
get demoralized and then go for three. You kick them, you kick off deep into their half and get ball, ball and score three back, and then it's they've wasted yeah. ten minutes and tied themselves out and got demoralized, and you're the same place on the scoreboard. <laughs> yeah, no, no, that yeah, that is which is I think exactly what we did. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, no, that, that's sort of the idea, like that you make your opponents work harder for your points that mm. you don't have to. Yeah, uh, that's uh, that's true. Um, I guess. I think maybe a good place to start, and then we can go through just very briefly your player ratings. Uh, we won't get into. I know you've uh, thank, thanks by the way for, for stepping in. Uh, said Alex isn't feeling so well. And we can just go through just the ratings themselves um, briefly. I know I know we there was some debate about Jasper Visa's rating. We can we can chat about that as well. Let's just run through the Bok team, um, just just kind of how we view it. Because I mean we we, we felt they were pretty much on the money. If you're happy to, to bring them up. Yeah, I'm happy to run through quickly. Oh. I mean, I noticed there hasn't been kind of any discussion in the Facebook group around it. So presumably it means that people think generally that, that, that I nailed it, I assume. <laughs> <laughs> I can see how why Alex last week was, you know, wondering about the crickets in the group. But um, yeah, I think for the most part, the team played pretty well. So yes. I think the only real kind of disappointments, I suppose, on my side were the front row. I don't think either Kitsov or Franz Malib particularly shot the lights out and I don't mm-hmm. think they really have much this season I think they've kind of gone about their business fine and sure but they're definitely not you know the, they haven't been the dominant personas that they were or we expected them to be post the World Cup um, yeah, well, and you then also, you never really know what sort of shenanigans you know either team's getting up to in the scrums yeah I know for well. sure um, but but you know I mean I think Kitsov in particular was meant to be stepping up as the best loose head of the world in the world post beast and I don't think this series has underlined that statement. Um, you know, I mean, he's obviously good, but he's not the beast um, based on yeah, this. Yeah, but I, I don't, I, he's not actually playing, because normally Kitsov's good for at least a, one or two steals a game as well, but he hasn't really yeah. played over the ball much. Uh, that's what I'm saying. That, maybe he's, that's an instruction. He's playing below the, the level that I would have liked to expect it from him. Look, he's still been solid, but he's not been incredible. And and Malherbe, I think his work rate in the first te- or the second test particularly was yes. good. Good. Perfect. It did drop off a little bit this week. Um, you know, particularly when we had so little ball, I would have thought he would have made it. But they actually, I think they they noticed him a bit more. Like you will see, they often sort of hassling him like you know they'll give him a little push or just kind of disrupt him a bit because I think they've realized that he's actually quite key to our structure yeah so that's so, what I mean I'm, I'm yeah I, I'm not concerned I think if it will you know they again they haven't been bad they just haven't reached the super high levels we would hope but as you say I think you know I mean maybe it's Squidge's fault for highlighting it but um mm-hmm. you know his his role in our defensive system has definitely been noticed but I think yeah, the other probably the biggest kind of criticism uh, or player because is Bongi for me. I, I really haven't been super impressed with his, his series as a yeah, whole. Just, and this weekend was not great. It just doesn't seem to be his day, hey? Like, he was dropping balls. He, like, I don't know. Maybe it's one of these things, like, the harder you try, the more, you know, sometimes I think you just have to say, fuck, it's not my day and just sub yourself. Yeah, I mean, I think it's lucky that, that Marx is, you know, brings such good bench energy that it's kind of, in a way, allows Bongi to keep starting. But yeah, yeah he, he definitely. I think this. I would say this was probably been his worst of the three performances. And again, yeah, like for the most part, he's still two. it's still positive contributions. But you know, mm-hmm. having some bad lineouts, yeah. a lot of knock-ons, like couple of penalties. I, I reckon Bongi is marked for the tour. I'd give him about five out of ten. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that's fair. 
I'm sure um, he wouldn't give himself high marks. But the biggest issue is his core role, uh, throws to the lineup, which is a core strength. Um, started a bit, certainly. I mean, we're very, we're very fortunate that Marcus is on the bench. Um, we do have some other uh, hooker depth, but not his best show. I don't know. Mark's been so good off the bench is also. <laughs> I mean, that's a separate debate. That that's, that's very interesting. Um, just from the locks, um, and onwards. What what else do you have? In terms of the yeah, range? I mean, locks both did their thing. Lurt and Etzebeth. I mean, you can't complain or ask mm. for much more than what they're doing. You know, Etzebeth is a physical freak and just puts the opposition backwards on the tackle. It's lovely to see um, and getting through lots of work rate. Right? Um, I mean, again, neither of them had outstanding games, but. They would, you know, I mean, they've both got really high ceilings. I think that's probably why it was taken into account. Um, loose forwards, both Sia and Mastert had brilliant games. I mean, I think this tour for Sia has been, yeah, a blinder. I really think he's he's stepped up to beyond a luxury player. I mean, I'm happy to be challenged by Ben here, but I think Sia has, has I mean, you know, those turnovers, those try-saving or game-changing turnovers are maybe the luxury, but I think the work he does around the field is also becoming a lot more apparent beyond that. Um, and then just to round off the forward pack quickly before I let you guys comment, is Visa, who, you know, I mean, look, he's got big shoes to fill in mm-hmm. Dwayne. Um, I think he has been an improvement on Quache, at least in terms of the physicality. Yeah, he's able to handle the high ball a little bit better. Yeah. But, you know, look, he's still a very raw player. His error rate was known coming from both the Cheetahs and from... from um, Tigers, and yeah, he still brings those moments of silliness. His penalty count is high, and that you know that charge into the ruck just before half time was incredibly stupid. Yeah. Um, you know, so unnecessary, and really could have lost us. You know, not just the game, but then obviously the series. So, and I think the stuff he does well, he does very well, but he needs to learn to cut out some of that more negative stuff from his play, which he will do with experience. Yeah, I think. Just, just uh, on you know, he's still very raw. Um, I just because number eight, it's a very interesting area for South Africa. We're very much going through transition there. I like what I see, but I think I think the word that you put there is, is raw. He's lucky perhaps not to get a yellow. Um, and in our in our system, I, actually, you know what? Let me go back to what you said. A he's yellow, replacing yellow, a world class player who plays a very important role in our system, which is difficult. So, uh, yeah. Could have been better, but I do like what I see going forward in the future. Physicality, great. So yeah, Ben. Sorry, you're gonna step in. So. Well, what would have you got a yellow for? Pedantic referees. They might have given him for coming to the shoulder. More dangerous play. I don't know. Oh, for for that clean out. Yeah, the clean out. Yeah, but what what so. irrit- what irritated me, me most was his bloody um, forever. Jesus, that was bad. Eh? His his just it's just kind of like push thing in like you know like seventy six minutes or whatever it was. You're like, what what are you doing, mate? Like, what yeah. was that about? Yeah, we we haven't talked about Hershey Yankees yet. <laughs> yeah, we'll get there. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yeah. Okay. Uh, no, no, fair enough. And uh, yeah, see, yeah, he was fantastic. Um, and uh, this Franco Master playing with a, a stuffed nose. Gosh, she's going to need surgery. Uh, anyway, y'all, just, just with the back line, um, what are your ratings? Yeah, Reinach and Pollard, um, both pretty solid, if not spectacular, performances. I, I mean, I, Reinach didn't do anything particularly incredible, but he didn't do anything badly either. I thought his box kicking was great. The service was nice and clean. Um, you know, maybe it would have been he could have done a little bit more sniping around the ruck or off the scrum just to kind of keep their defense a bit more honest. But I don't think... That's we missed, plan. Personally, I don't feel like we. Yeah, I don't think it's part of the game plan. Yeah. I didn't feel like we 
missed Fuff massively. I mean, maybe there was a defensive presence that we, we lost out on that I didn't notice. But from the face of things, he was fine. And, yeah. you know, again, when you compare him to when Yankees came on, you know, there was a significant drop-off in terms of quality of, yeah. of, of, of ball. So, um, yeah, I think the, the, the call to start with Reinach was the right one. And then Pollard, again, his general play is up to standard and you know his kicking out of hand is great and his defensive channels are rock but he can't keep kicking at 60 percent um mm. you know that's i think his tour percentage is around 60 percent which is really really poor um you know that i suppose it justifies why we had more on the bench um because you know if Pollard had just got the two penalties he missed then we you know would have had the same score without even needing more yeah, so he's very much a form kicker pollard either, yeah. he's, either he's on it and he's always not um See, yeah, it was, a, it was a bit stressful. Not not his not his best game, but yeah, I mean, he, he did yeah. what he had to do. So. Yeah, and then I mean, Mapimpi, pretty quiet game, but <sighs> Didn't see the he, ball. you know so, yeah. his under the high ball work was brilliant. I mean, mm. he won back. It must have been three kicks or something. Mm. So, you know, I gave him a pretty solid score because he didn't do much, but what he did do, he did really, really well. And I think, you know, again, they didn't get around us much, so there must be some good involvement from the wings there. The centers were both stunning. Um, you know, there's been enough positive talk about DDA and AM, so I think mm. that's fine. And Colby, I mean, obviously doing Colby things. So I think the two key moments was obviously the try, but also that that tackle on Etoje um, uh, through yeah. the gap. You know, that well, allowed them it was to, best DDA game to make the, of the steal. series. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah, I mean, look, Colby's had a very quiet series. I think the ball just hasn't come his way on the wings. Um, to be fair, he's had a couple of penalties and a yellow card, obviously, mm. and stuff. But you know, good that when the moment came, he could step up. I mean, I think there was Squidge that highlighted it that he's what scored nine tries mm. or something in 20 tests, which is not a high scoring try rate. But one was the match winner against New Zealand. The other one was the the match winner in the World Cup. The other one was the match winner in the Lion Series. Like they're pretty pretty key moments when he needs to. Um, yeah, and then just to round up the back line is Vili, who again had a pretty you know normal game. Didn't do anything good or didn't do anything too insane. Didn't do anything badly though. Um, I don't think he had any missed tackles. Um, but the key thing was when the moment came to mm. make a line break, draw and pass correctly, he could do it, which Liam Williams couldn't. And again, you know that was the kind of the the, the defining moment at the end of it. Mm. Well, definitely, and I guess. I mean, the bench, everybody uh, put in a good shift. I think Trevor Nakani and Vincent Koch. They, um, I think Vincent Koch, we don't, we don't, he doesn't get enough credit sometimes. Like, the fact that sometimes he struggles to make the bench of the box. He, he's a damn good prop uh, as well. I mean, I'm excited to see Volkolo getting more game time, though, on this yes. tour. Yeah, and we're very blessed uh, to see to have a lot of prop death. But, yeah, we're well, going back to Herschel Young. He's, I, was, sure. I was watching the game with, uh, with Andrew, and I'd had a few whiskey. I was like, no, no, no. He wasn't 10 meters. I try to tell myself that the guy had a plan. But then upon review, um, crisis. Why? No, he got so fucking lucky. Yes, this, like, like he didn't like, take, uh, he didn't take uh, it from the mark, actually, but I guess. Like, I, I think it was like Itoji and Curry were like really, they like waited. They like loomed over him yes. until he went in and like pounced. I think what the, the thing it was something about like they were also sort of in his way even though they weren't attacking. Yeah, him. I mean I actually got a story from Sports Joe that I it's but the conversation Renal said the Mateo Renal the referee said he took the ball out. Murray said he took it a quick tap and Renal said there was clear interference by the Lions tackler. So that, that was a conversation. No, fuck Either way, it's just I a stupid like, thing to do. I don't do. like. I don't like that not 10 ball as well. 
Yeah, I, I feel if you take a quick tap and you run I into a defending player, that's take your quick taps. Yeah, that's you. 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 Your. Your surprise is your advantage already. You shouldn't get this extra. This extra benefit. Yeah, like untapped, untouchable zone. Yeah, I agree with that. No, but uh, there no, was no. there was a a, a moment um, of madness. But just just briefly from the Lions side. I'm, I'm just just trying to think about uh, their their game. So I told you it wasn't bad. I think he was named the Lions Player of the Series or something like that. Which is interesting. I just that was one of the the quick piece of analysis I was just putting together. Um, just looking at his stats across the series, and they really are not particularly different to kind of any of the other locks. Uh, like the only the only thing where he the only thing where he stands out in is. His um, luxury player. Yeah, well, he made four turnovers, but so did Ivan Etzebeth. He gave away three penalties. Um, Boston did four. No, no, but I, I think I think this I like, think this was just for the, the for the Lions. That's what I'm saying. But if you look at like Alan Wynn Jones, Alan Wynn Jones only gave away one penalty. Twenty eight. Alan Wynn Jones made twenty eight tackles. Mark Toja only made twenty two, um, and he missed more tackles. Um, you know, they'd like his stats. They both have got. Uh, Alwyn's got 19 carries. Otoja's only got 14 carries. Um, like 14 carries for the whole series. Really? Otoja has 14 carries for the whole series. Oh, that's surprising. That's what I'm saying. Like he's he's I'm really not. But didn't did, 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 but did like Mostert have 14 carries like last game? Uh, Mostert's got 15 carries for the series. Oh, for the series. Okay. So mm. yeah. But Master's got 34 tackles. Eben's got 27 tackles. Um, you know, like I'm just, it's just if you look at the stats, like he he does not stand out particularly, and he conceded three turnovers. So stats-wise, Alan Wynn Jones is equal or better than him in every single category. So I just find it strange. Like game one, you know, fair enough, maybe he was a monster. I mean, even then, I didn't really feel it. But if you look across the series and you look purely at the stats, he does not stand out. Yeah, I, I guess the the logic is Itoje steps up in big moments or whatever, but maybe that's just the perception he gives. That I definitely think there is a. Yeah, no, I I, I don't, I don't think Itoje is worth the level of risk he brings to a team. I think generally his sort of attempts at quote unquote big plays are more likely to be negative than positive. So, yeah, I think. I mean, for example, I, if, that, that if, if I was, on, if I was, a, I was going to say, yeah, for example, the turnover play. on the try line on no, no, on the one on the in the first test that should have been oh, a yellow card. Yeah, yeah. If the ref was blowing the game properly, he ended up getting hailed for it. But in any other game, that would have been bad. Um, you know, so that's, yeah. what, that's exactly what you're saying. He but goes but for but these but big I plays mean, that mostly don't come off. But but I mean, it's it's not it's not a risk you should be taking in that situation. Yeah, but like, like, where, where's the where's the benefit of taking that risk? Well, yeah, but I don't know. Um, anyway, yeah, I I I agree. I think he's good, but he's not as good as people think. Um, yeah, just speaking speaking of South Africa, who do you think was South Africa's man of the series? Yeah. Um. Well. Um. DDA 
mustard or ebon would be my my four. If I had to give it, I'd probably give it to mustard because I think the back line, I think Colby and Mpimpi both got mad at the matches they didn't really deserve. So I think, yeah, I think it should. I think the the forwards deserve something to balance yeah. it out. <laughs> That's my lo- that's my logic. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, your your thoughts? I mean, p- personally, I think Um was the man of the series. I think he just played really high level consistently throughout, and I think the defensive involvement he did particularly was, you know, brilliant. Um, so I mean, yeah, his and I mean, you know, he was involved in all the tries. I think we scored pretty much. Um, so yeah, I mean, I would give give my vote to him. Um, but it's they, yeah, I, I do acknowledge that him, Mostert, Etzebeth, Khaleesi, Dilendi all had really, really strong series. Yeah, uh, I've just been very impressed. I've noticed this before with uh, DDO's performances. He's just he's improved so much. But in terms of Am, um, I think it was I don't know who won the turnover. Um, Price. He was going to look pass right, and when they were on our try line, and Am had shot out the line to cut off that avenue, and then he turned inside, got tackled, and got turned over. So it's just those small little things that make such a massive difference. So, but I agree with you. I think our centre pairing was certainly better than the Lions. Okay, we really pushed over an hour. Okay, in terms of, um, can you name two or three points? Why do you think South Africa won? I know you yeah, missed kicks and all that sort of stuff. But what do you think made the biggest difference uh, for the box just over the course of the series? Uh, I honestly think they had a bit of scrum. Uh, I think that was the, the deciding factor. And I think it comes down to Gatlin making bad selections. He selected a team of quote-unquote like ball-playing forwards, and then he didn't actually play with them as ball-playing forwards. Like, like think, okay, there was the Toje break that resulted in a turnover. Can you think of one other like positive moment that was caused by the forwards being good ball handlers in whatever it was? I mean, there was, in the second game, there were a couple of moments where they were flaring around, but literally nothing happened. We just eventually tackled them in the same spot, yeah. Yeah, like, like, like he made, you know, this whole, like, remember Squidge's whole analysis on this, like, oh, you know, they're going to play a certain way, they're going to try to pass around us, they're going to work out big guys. Did any of that happen? No. Yeah, I, I heard so, lots so, of chat about so, Sam so you, Yeah. Yeah, Sam Simmons, uh, Faletau, um Hamish Watson. Where were they actually? They weren't even picked. Like that's, uh, you know, they didn't. I don't know. I I don't think. I think he picked the wrong team for the game plan he was trying to pull off. But I think the game plan he was and, trying to. Oh no! Sorry, Aaron. Yeah, and that sort of showed in the scrums, where. I feel if you picking forwards, you got to pick pick people for job number one. You pick props to scrum. In a way, you also pick locks to scrum as well. Mm. And I just yeah, they just didn't have enough grunt in the scrum. Like it, all their scrum penalties, whenever they got a scrum penalty, it wasn't because they were shunting the Springboks backwards, and then you know they got the you know they got the turn or the Springbok front row popped up or whatever. All their scrum penalties were basically just uh, like a, a slip-on engagement or whatever. Mm. Yeah. So that that's why that's my that's my my take on this. That basically 
they, they didn't pick the right pack or maybe they d didn't have the right pack available. Yeah, I mean, if you think about it, who who could they really have brought in to have <laughs> brought in some more yeah, grunts? I mean, yeah, I think, I, I mean, I not, not playing a blindside block honestly. would have helped, I think. Um, you know, so if they played Adam Beard or James Ryan, yeah. something like that, at lock, yeah, that I might have helped. Yeah, I think if they played two, two proper locks, that would have beefed it up a bit. Um, Didn't, I don't understand why, why Courtney Laws can play blindside, but Itojo can't. It doesn't make any sense to me. Probably yeah. because if, like, he, if he played at blindside, then he'd actually get compared to Peter Steff properly, and then they'd realize that he's not that good. <laughs> it's elaborate. Very, <laughs> very, very elaborate. I was just going to hop on. Oh, I'm kind of piggybacking your point, Ben. If they picked this uh, team full of ball players, um, I was going to mention how good Finn Russell was. He was excellent. Oh, right. He does deserve. He, yeah, yeah, I mean, he was the best player on the pitch. Surely player of the series. <laughs> okay, I, go. I thought you were no, going to no, say I, I, I honestly we, we, we oh no Carl Sinclair we, we're giving him South African citizenship aren't we <laughs> yeah he got shown yeah. up he got shown up at well, the CPs uh, well, I mean, exactly he lost the World Cup final he lost the Lions what a hero what a true South African yeah. hero yeah, the most stressed I was, Russell came on and then suddenly started popping passes. He kind of reminded me a little bit about Quake Cooper and his pump. Just, you know, finding little chinks in in the defensive lines. And the lines were the most dangerous yeah. when they played a bit of rugby. I that was thought, my biggest stress, was him coming yes. on at 10 minutes instead of 65 minutes. Because coming on at 65 minutes, he, he might have on. had that bit of franticness and rush yes. stuff to, to try and force something. But because no. he came on so early, he had time to play his way into the game. And he, you know, he really made that backline look a lot better. That yes. being said, but, but, but I... they didn't suddenly find gaps and start you know, running around us or anything. No, they started running around each other. Yeah, they did get over the game line and well, to be honest, they had 65 minutes of that play, and it didn't really count. They scored one. That's what I'm saying. So, like, it didn't really make a difference. It looked better, sure, but it wasn't exactly yeah, it effective. Yeah, well, I, just, well, yeah, I thought it, it wasn't was really, really that. It wasn't. Re they didn't really redefine rugby. It was just the odd inside ball. Yeah. But, hey. No, I, I do think it. I do think if, well, I guess if Gatlin had it over again. He would probably start Russell from the very beginning. Say, listen, you're my number one. We're playing with you, and we're just going to try, you know, out attack these guys. But then Russell's kind of inevitably going to have one off game, so you pretty much lose one game because of that. And then it's kind of show, yeah, maybe. But it also maybe just comes comes back to it. For you to beat us by playing an attacking style, you need to back yourself to be a better and more clinical attacking side, and with a lower error rate than the All Blacks. Are the, were the Lions ever a scratch side, you know, that have come together for a month, ever going to be a better attacking side and a more clinical, like, low error side than the All Blacks? Never. So it was, it was, if that was the way they were going to play, it was a very stupid way to try and beat us. Um, my, my last thought on this, actually, I probably have other thoughts. But do you think, <laughs> they, do you think, that, do you think they actually approach the Lions to a wrong? Do you think they should approach it more like a Barbarians tour? I don't think oh, that would win them games, unfortunately. No, that's a thing. It's about it would be vibes. But... No, no, no. I don't think it would win the game. But because but now now all the stuff's coming out about how, you know, oh, there wasn't good unity in the camp. It wasn't a band of brothers. It wasn't... Blah, blah, blah. And then you're like, oh, 
Yeah, and that's going to happen if you have a super competitive environment. Yeah. You know, whereas yeah, if you make totally. it more bar style, then then you don't get that maybe, and then it becomes a bit more fun, and you get the fun side of the tour, but not so much the. You know, I, I don't know. I suppose the the, the the point of the barbars is that um the lines is that it is a competitive, serious challenge. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I, I guess that is. Like, I guess the barbars do tour sometimes, and you know, lo- lose to Chile or whatever they did. Mm. Like, all right. Well, look, we've we've run mm. over a, a bit over time, so just a quick. I guess we could just give our final thoughts on the the the, the wrap of the line series. I think. Uh, One. I think we need to talk about Mornay Stein just as the final, you know, poetic keynote, surely. Yes. Uh, well, uh, first of all, a good, good call on the coach is bringing him on versus Elton. I mean, uh, I mean if it had gone south, so be it. That, that's, that's a fine do, margin. Do, 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 you think, do you think they just, they just did it for the memes? <laughs> Rassi might have. <laughs> do, 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 do you think Rassi was like, fuck, this will be so funny. Let's bring up Mornay Stein to win the oh. series, though. Oh, well, actually, I just wanted to talk about Rassi. I mean, okay, we, we spoke about his video last week, but it was because of his video, uh, the referees, they I wanted to bore my eyes out. They spent so much time. And also Mario's Yonka, I'm not quite sure. The way he communicates with with other guys is, is definitely oh, discord oh, no, amongst no, the referee let, let me, group. Let, it, let, let me show you a different angle. No, but one more angle. One more angle. Mario's, do you know what the word angle means? Because those are all the same fucking angle, mate. Like... Oh, yeah, and also just like, surely you as the TMO can also see that it's inconclusive. Like, what more are you trying to prove here? Well, like, that, but at, at one point with, I think it was with Jasper Visa's challenge on half time, the ref was like, oh yeah, okay, cool. There's nothing in that. You know, he started low and went up court. Okay, I'm gonna call half time. And Maris was like, no, one more angle, one more. And you're just like, oh my fuck. Yeah, but that's what I'm trying to say. Is like, what is Marius trying to deliberately show there? Because otherwise, unless he's got a picture in mind that he's no, trying no, to show, but I, I think he's, I think he's trying to just create the impression that he's not, you know, he's not being biased or whatever. Because also same with the same with the Jasper, uh, the or the other Jasper Visa one where the ball went pretty much directly up. Yes, you know, um, before the try. The sort of yeah, before the try, and I was like, okay. You know, I've watched this once. Not okay, clear and obvious, yeah. Yeah, watch it again. Okay, it went straight up. Cool, give the try. No, we had to watch it like 20 more times. Why? And then Reynal said, yeah, cool. It's off his hands, off his shoulder. I'm playing on. And then again, the same the same thing from you, from Jonker. No, but one more angle that was the same angle. But the rest already said, like, Bruce, obviously fine. Like, sure. No, I don't know. He must maybe he must he must call it a day. Um, yeah. I mean, e- e- even the Colby high tackle, um, you know, from Finn Russell and Colby again, that that like, you know, just so that it doesn't come across that we're yeah. biased. That that was clearly, obviously, not a yellow card because it was significant dip. He was trying to wrap. There was shoulder to contact to head, so penalty. But there was nothing more than that. It didn't need to be 15 minutes. It was very clearly can, just can a penalty. Say, can I say, at the World Cup, that would have been a red. Yeah, that's how that's how because before they didn't consider like mitigation at all. Like they sort of mentioned it, but yeah, they said you still head contact to the red, and then yeah, ah, yeah, yeah. Direct direct contact to the head was red straight away. Like I'm glad it wasn't a red because I think it would have ruined the game. 
and it didn't, and I don't think it needed to be. You know, I think yeah, that's the no, right no, application think, of the high tackle framework. Yeah. You know, I yeah, think, and, and Renal yeah. admitted that he acknowledged that he said, "Look, you st- st- stood upright, therefore you took on some risk, but you did still try and execute a right tackle." Um, yeah, yeah. But he so, did dip, yeah, so was, therefore, was, but you took the risk, so therefore it's so, a penalty. I you know, a good piece of, a good yeah. piece of I guess my final um, point But yeah, is, but I, I, yeah, sorry, Ben, I interrupted you. Oh, sorry. Um, I think I was probably going to tag onto your final point that <sighs> I think I, I think Rusty did a very good thing because he poured the media attention onto himself, and you know the British media can't resist. Like like they, they, they can't. Like they gonna they have to lay into Rusty now. And what it did exactly what he wanted, it diverted attention from the players so they could actually work on what was wrong. So, you know, very good well done, Rusty. Mm. Well my my point to what well well play Ben was just connected to that. I'm just a little bit over the holier than thou attitude exhibited by the uh, I'll just call it the British media. Uh, I know Ireland's including that they're not British as such. It's just um just you know, taking such umbrage at Rusty's video, etc., etc. If you've been, as we know, last week in following the conversation, there's an unconscious bias that downgrades the way Springboks play the game. And Sekulisi referenced this during the week. It's just like, yeah, they don't. They only say that because they're not winning. Um, and it seems like it's very easy to bag on South Africa. And I just noticed in, in the BBC as I follow the text commentary that after the game, there was very little comments, and that they just shut it off. Um, and everybody just seems very bitter about it. I don't blame Adam Wynne Jones' reactions, by the way, to the to the really dumb questions Joel Stransky asked him. Like crisis. It's just this is why former players, some are better than others. Um, they they could use extra media training. Some of those questions were just idiotic. Anyway, so it's just um, I think the Brits need to get off their high horse. I mean, certain points about Rusty's baby being unprecedented, but then I've just seen ridiculous stuff saying, "Oh, can South Africa ever host a Test match without ever questioning the referee, etc., etc." It's just it's just stupid. And it was gamesmanship, and I'm sick of it. So I look forward to the tour and us going and kicking some serious ass. And if we lose, we lose. So be it. We know how we're going to play. Beat us on the field. But um, I'm just glad the series is over, <laughs> in a way, and we can move on. But that, that's just minus. And then, and from you, because then yeah, we're aware of the time. Uh, that way, we can close close it out. Yeah, I mean, I think and other people have acknowledged this. I'm just stoked that. A, the tour managed to go ahead. I mean, obviously, there were significant yes. challenges on every type and shape and form. And, yes, it wasn't maybe the nicest test off the field. Um, I think, you know, lacking fans in person was obviously horrible. Um, and, you know, the t- Twitter did get quite quite toxic. I think a lot of people reacted very negatively to Russie's, you know, acknowledged valid points, but the style or whatever. Um, but... I'm glad there was a result. I'm glad the tour went ahead and yeah, just excited to have had some Springbok rugby again and looking forward to going forward. Um, you know, the, the rest of the, the rugby this year. Hmm. No, 100%. Hopefully that's where matters will rest afterwards. But I mean, um, just to reiterate, wonderful job by everybody else off the pitch who managed to get the tour to go ahead, um, facing all the challenges. I think it certainly sparked a shit ton of debate. Just look at Twitter and Ben and Ben's mind. Um, conversations happening in that so just on that note um i think we will close it off so ben thanks very much uh for for joining us always appreciate it ben yeah um, oh but thank you thank you adam sorry i was i'm sorry i must tell you uh we had a we had a board meeting today over skype 
and we have like an independent director who's just like a dude who's a Mauritian resident, but he needs to like tick the box on the company. And he just fucked off halfway through the call. We're like, yes, so can you can you verify this? It's not fucking there. Okay. I thought, great, we pay this guy like $3,000 a, a year or whatever to do fuck all, and now we can't even do fuck all right. Sorry. Um, thank, thank you for having me on. Adam. Cool. So thanks, Ben. I appreciate that. And thank you very much also for stepping in and just doing the ratings for this week. Very much appreciate it. Well, no problem. Okay. Thanks for having me on. Oh, wait. Um, yeah, Matt, just don't die on us because of your hangover. Um, I'm actually more worried about Matt's health and Alex's at this stage, best best in what they've been saying in the group. And just from me, yeah, thanks very much if you have been listening. It's always appreciated to say the word for the third time. Uh, we will be back with you next week. We'll be chatting about the rugby championship. Um, take care.